Well, welcome again to Life Church this morning. Would you help me welcome all of our campuses, Germantown, Brookfield, Milwaukee, Appleton, our online campus as well. We're so glad that all of you could be here with us today. My name is Dustin. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church. It's an honor to be with you today. And uh, we're continuing our series called Palms Up this morning, where we are taking three weeks to look at the things that God has placed in our hands to use for his glory and for the good of the people around us. And I want us to start like this. I need full class participation today. Um, So empty your hands, free hands. All right. Um, Place your hands down, actually. Let's start that way. Just place your hands down, both of them, wherever you are at rest. Okay. Now together, slowly, turn your hands inward and upward where your palms are facing completely to the ceiling. Stretch your fingers out just a little bit. As you do that, hold that. Do you feel the difference? Let's, let's go back down to uh, palms down, palms down at rest. Feels nice. Now tilt your hands back up again and do you feel there's a little bit of tension? I know it's not a lot probably, but do you feel a little bit of the, the, the tension on the inside? Maybe your forearm, your hand a little bit. There is a little bit of tension there. When it comes to the things that God has called you to do with the resources that God has given you, it will at times in your life cause tension. There will be times in your life where it's uncomfortable because God's calling you to do something you wouldn't otherwise normally do, but it's going to cause some tension from time to time. It will require something of you. Listen, it is much easier in life, much more comfortable to live palms down. There's no tension there. It feels nice, palms down. But that's not what you were created for. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And my question to you and our question to you in this series is what kind of life are you going to live? Are you going to live, palms down, my life, my pace, my way, my purpose? Or are you going to live a palms up kind of life regardless of the tension that it might bring? Last week, Pastor Aaron talked about our time, how we're going to live our life, manage our time. Are we going to live our life by default or by design? Today, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 4 to see what scripture has to say about how we're using our talent. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead, turn there. 1 Peter chapter 4, and if you're still with palms up, you can stop. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4, we'll look at that text in just a bit. Before we get there, though, uh, I have a question for you. What is your most unusual talent? You don't have to shout it. You can kind of maybe just share it with someone beside you. Maybe for you, you can sing really well with your mouth closed. Have you seen people that could do that before? Uh, Maybe for you, you like can just always correctly guess the time. Any time of day, you ask what time it is and you can get it. That's probably some of the dads in the room. You think you can always do that, right? Within a few minutes of, uh, of the time, you can always get it right on the money. Or maybe you just have excellent mime skills or you're the best unicyclist on the block. I don't know what your useless talent is. Uh, I've got a few talents, right? Um, one of them is I can drum kind of loudly with just my fingers and my knuckles. Hopefully you can hear this. Thank you. Oh, okay. A round of applause. Thank you. Um, Also, um, I've been practicing recently. I'm really nervous about this because every apple is different, but I've been practicing. Yes, some of of the teenagers are getting excited of of breaking an apple with just my bare hands and uh, just my human hands. And um, I will, uh, I'll I'll demonstrate that right now. Human hands don't have the uh, strength needed 
to break an apple, so you have to get a mechanical advantage. So if you know how to do it, then if I can't do this, I'll just walk off the stage. Oh, it's a tiny apple. We're out of season, and so they're a little bit harder. Let me just make excuses here. I can't even get a good grip. All right, one more time. God help me. All right, I ripped an apple in half. Useless talent. Oh, man. Next service, I'll bring up a napkin. Uh, These talents are useless. They're not going to get us anywhere in life. They're not going to accomplish much for us. It might be a cool party trick, but that's about it. Thankfully, those are not the only talents we have. I can do more than break an apple. You can do more than sing a song with your mouth closed. We have talents at our disposal that God has given us that are to be used. And in just a few statements in 1 Peter chapter 4, the apostle Peter, he's going to cast a vision for what true community looks like giving us some direction on what to do with the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given us. Let's look at these verses. First Peter chapter four. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Verse 11, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Let's say the last word together. Amen or amen. Three powerful truths from this text that I want us to look at over the next few moments related to and regarding the talents that you have. Number one, the first thing that we get from this text is that serving others is your calling. Maybe you've asked the question before, what am I called to do? What am I supposed to do with my life? Here's your answer. I know it's not maybe as specific as you were hoping for or as you would like, but your answer is to serve others. Verse 10 from our text, it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. There's a few things here. The first thing that I want to point out is that Peter starts his sentence with the word as. As each of you has received a gift. Not if, not if you've received a gift, but as, and that makes all the difference. There is an implied emphatic declaration that every single Christ follower has received at least one spiritual gift from God. Meaning there is no useless, there is no one useless in the kingdom of God and there is no one that is useless or talentless or without purpose here at Life Church. I know some of you might be like, well, I can't break an apple or do anything else. Like I, I don't have any, any useful talent. I promise you and I guarantee you, you do. Because it's not if anyone has received a gift. It says as each have received a gift. We all have something. That's the first thing. You have a gift. Secondly, Peter tells us what we're supposed to do with that gift. We're not supposed to sit on it or hoard it. Instead, we are to use our gift to serve one another. The Greek word here for serve is diakoneo, and that means to minister to, 
It's used dozens of times throughout the New Testament to describe the primary responsibility of the Christ follower. In other words, serving others with our talents and our gifts, the gifts and talents that God has given us, is not a singular action, something that we do, but it's a way of being. It's a way of living. It's who we are. It should be ingrained in the very fibers of our being. A verse out of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You were created for good works. You get to determine if you're going to walk in them. But that's the way that you were created. That's what you were created for. God the, the gift giver gave you gifts on purpose for a purpose and you get to determine if you're going to use them for your purpose or for his. I'm 35 years old, so I remember when cell phones started becoming popular, where, where people had cell phones. Uh, I, I remember getting my first cell phone at age 16. I was starting to drive. <laughs> kids that have it at like eight, whatever, but like at, uh, at 16, started to drive, had a phone. It was some early model of a Nokia, right? You remember? Um, how many of you miss physical keys on your phone? Like, uh, okay, just me? All right. I could, I could text, at school, we weren't allowed to have our phones out, so I could text full messages with my physical keys from my pocket. I, I, yeah, I really could. Thank you. That's another useless trick. I could text Full, you can't do that on, a, on an iPhone, right? Um, or on a touchscreen. But, but with those physical buttons, I could use that. But the, the truth was that that phone wasn't actually mine. I was 16. My parents uh, had, were, were paying the bill. My parents had purchased the phone. My parents had given me the phone to use. But it wasn't my phone. Of course, I would, if you text or called that number back then, I would be the one to respond but along with the gift that they had given me in that Nokia, it, it came some restrictions or came some rules or came some expectations of how I would use that phone. What to do, what not to do, when to use it, when not to use it. Likewise, the gifts, the talents, the abilities that you have, according to the text that we've been looking at, were received. It's a key word there. They were received. Never forget that. God is the giver of good gifts. He gave you, in this illustration, the Nokia 5110, right? He gave you that as a, as a talent to be used. For some of you, I was always jealous. You got the Motorola Razor of talent, the, the flip phone, right? Of the, and, and I was jealous. But, but you've got that talent and God has gifted that to you. You have received it to be used for the good of others, and for the glory of God. And if you're going to use your gifts in the way that God intended, you are going to be relentlessly serving others. Every day you're going to be looking for opportunities to use your gifts, talents, and abilities to bless and benefit the people that you come into contact with. Why? Because serving others is your calling. It's not what you do, it's who you are. The second thing that we see in our text is this truth. God has equipped you with what you need to fulfill your calling. God has equipped you with what you need to fulfill your calling. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 4, it's a different letter. The apostle Paul is writing to his young protege, Timothy, and he's encouraging him to remain strong in the faith. And in doing so, he issues a warning to Timothy that I think is a good and right and fair warning for us as well. He says this in just a few words. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, he says this, Do not neglect the gift you have. Meaning, as if it wasn't already clear enough, it is possible to receive a gift from God and do absolutely nothing with it. In fact, I think there are three types of people in this room today. You like when people make it that easy, right? There's three types of people in this room. One, you are someone that knows your gift and you use it. Okay, those of you that know your gift and you use it. Second type of people, you don't know your gift. And then there is a third person in this room today. You know your gift and you neglect it. Which one are you? There are people that know their gift and use it. If that is you, this first category of people, incredible. Congratulations, you haven't arrived, but you are on the right path. You're doing the right thing. You are, you are assessing who you are, what you have, and you are using that gift in order to serve others and to build up the kingdom of God. Congratulations, continue to do that. Then the second category of people, you don't know your gift. You don't know what you have to bring to the table. Listen, I think, this is an okay place to be. Don't worry. It's an okay place to be. It's not okay to stay there, but it's, it's okay for you to be there. I, I just don't even know my gift. I've got some helpful tips for you. If you just don't know what gifts you have, I want to give you four steps that you can take to help discover your gifts and, 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 and callings. Um, I'll give you these very quickly. The first thing that you can do is ask yourself. Okay, so it's just look internally. It's evaluate who you are, what you have at your disposal, what God has given you, what God has placed in your hands. Take a look inward at what you actually have, what you're naturally drawn to, what you're good at. God has already like hardwired you a certain way. Maybe you can use that hardwiring, that direction, those innate internal abilities to benefit the kingdom of God and to benefit others. So ask yourself. The second thing you can do is ask others. Ask your close friends, ask your confidants, ask your parents, ask uh, the people in your life group, ask people around you that can both encourage you and call you out uh, for your blind spots. Because you might think my gift is to sing and your friends might be like, no, it's not. <laughs> and that's a good, healthy, good, God, that's a godly thing, right? I know it doesn't feel good, but that's a good thing when they, when they encourage you in that way, right? But maybe they can also help call out, hey, you're actually good at this. You speak life. You're an encourager naturally. You're an encourager. You're really good with kids. Whatever it might be, ask others. Ask yourself, look inward, ask others, look around you. Third, ask God. <laughs> Pray, uh, look in, in the scripture, see what the, what the Bible has to say about spiritual gifts. There's many different places to see this throughout the scriptures. You can look in Ephesians chapter four, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Those are a few good places to get started if you just wanna see what scriptures have to say about your gifts, your talents, your abilities. Prayerfully ask God, what do you want me to do? What have you given me? What have you placed in my hands? 
You can ask yourself, you can ask others, you can ask God. And the fourth and final thing here, for those of you that don't know your gift, is to just do something. Like just do something. Do anything. It really doesn't matter. But serving in any capacity is better than not serving at all. If you just make excuses, you're never going to get anything done. You're never going to discover anything about yourself. The hardest step is always the first step. step, So just start doing something. Like get in there and, 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 uh, and serve in some kind of capacity. Go and be a part of some kind of service opportunity. Do something, do anything. And maybe you'll discover this is not what I'm good at or I'm not passionate about that. At least you're serving, you're doing something and then you can always move into another area. But serving, doing something is better than not doing anything. There are three kinds of people in this room. Those that know your gift and use it. Those that don't know your gift, but you're about to figure it out. And then those that know your gift and don't use it, neglect it. Paul's advice for those people would be to not do that. to stop to, or start, to, to, do, to do something. He, he actually says in verse 15 of 1 Timothy chapter 4, remember he says, do not neglect the gift that you have. He says, instead with your gifts, he says, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Practice. Regardless of what you've heard before, the pithy statement, uh, practice doesn't make perfect. But God's not looking for perfection anyways. He's simply looking for willingness. And don't you think that the God who graciously gave you these gifts will also graciously help you use them? Don't you think the God who gave you these gifts will also help you grow them and find a place for them? God's not going to just give you a gift and say, good luck. He's going to walk alongside of you and show you and reveal to you how you can use them, how you can flourish in them, how you can grow in them. And when you make a mistake, because you will, and when you mess up with them, because you will, and when you fall short, he's going to pick you up and say, okay, grow, fail forward. He's going to help you develop those gifts, talents, and abilities to be used for the kingdom of God. Let's go back to our text, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. As each of you have received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Do you hear this? God's, God's in the process all the way from the beginning to end. You can't do it without God. He's going to come alongside of you and support you and help you because serving others is your calling. God has equipped you with what you need to fulfill that calling. And lastly, we serve God by serving others. It's the final point. We serve God by serving others. The last bit of our verse in verse 11 of 1 Peter chapter 4 says this, If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things, say all things, all things, in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The number one reason we serve is not to make ourselves look good. 
It is not to be a benefit to the people around us, although that's a good thing. It's not even to build up the church, although that's a really good thing and a good application from this message. The number one reason we serve is to bring God glory. Christmas is right around the corner. Pastor Ryan talked about all of the things that we have planned coming up in the next couple of weeks for Christmas. I would imagine that you and the following weeks are going to be purchasing gifts for your family, for your friends, for your loved ones. You're going to spend time perusing the aisles at the store or just scrolling through Amazon. It's what I do uh, to get them all online. You're going to find the perfect gift for the person that you want. You're going to purchase that gift. It's going to be shipped to you or you're going to take it home. You're going to wrap that gift perfectly. Man, I have to watch a YouTube video every time and I still get it wrong. I, I wrap these gifts. I put a bow on it. You're going to put a bow on it. You're going to place it under the Christmas tree all for that day when your loved one grabs that present and opens that gift. Now, if you spent all that time finding the perfect gift and concealing it perfectly in a wrapped box and placing a perfectly tied bow on top, all for your loved one to open the gift, look at the gift, say thank you for the gift, and then to never use the gift, you would be disheartened. I mean, some of the parents in the room right now are like, that, I mean, that's every Christmas. <laughs> Frustrated, they get 10 minutes out of it and don't play with it again. You're like, why did I even do that? Why did I give you that gift? Why did I spend so much on a Lego set? You know, whatever it is, you're going to be frustrated at that because naturally so, because you spent so much of an investment in that process for them to not enjoy or engage with the gift that you got them. But if you went through all of that process, you found the perfect gift, you wrapped the gift perfectly, watching the YouTube video using a ruler and scissors and it, it, it worked. And you placed the bow perfectly on top and you placed that gift under the Christmas tree and your loved one opened that gift said thank you for that gift, and then for the next several days, maybe weeks or months, played with that gift or used that gift, that would bring you, the gift giver, joy, right? That would bring you satisfaction to know that your gift was a good one, that, that they enjoy and are using and are getting purpose out of the gift that you gave them. In the same way, it brings God glory when we use well the gifts he has given us. But one key reason that we don't do that is because we, we get these gifts from God, we put it in a corner to collect dust, to not be used for whatever reason, but when we instead use that gift, when we grow that gift, when we steward that gift well, God gets the glory. And do you know why this is? It, it, I, I think there's many reasons here, but I think one of the key reasons that God is glorified when we use our gift is because when we serve, others see Jesus. When we serve, others see Jesus. The greatest servant of all time was Jesus. Jesus was the greatest servant. Not only did he wash feet, not only did he heal the sick, not only did he raise the dead, not only did he feed the hungry, not only did he give to the poor, not only did he do all of those things, but he ultimately laid down his life in the greatest act of service that mankind has ever seen. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
We often ask, or we have before, what would Jesus do? The bracelets. I think it's a good question to ask, what would Jesus do? But I have the answer for you. What would Jesus do? He would serve. More often in the account of his physical life here on earth, more than teaching theology, more than preaching, more than debating, certainly more than worrying or complaining, Jesus was serving. If you want to be like Jesus, if you truly want to be like Jesus, then you, my friend, are going to serve with every opportunity you have, even if it exhausts you. I mean, it costs Jesus his life. Even if it, even if it frustrates you, even if, you're not, if you don't get the feelings reciprocated back to you, you're going to serve regardless because that is one of the best ways, one of the most clearest ways you can image your savior. It's not with wise words or correct theology, but by your loving selfless service to others. St. Francis de Sales, a revered saint in the Catholic church said this, there is nothing small in the service of God. There's nothing small in the service of God, meaning it's not the task that is measured in heaven. It's not the size of the task. It's the obedience. It's what we do with what God has called us to do, with what God has placed in our hands. It's palms up. First Corinthians 10.31 So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Every aspect of your life has the potential to honor God if you are using what he has placed in your hands. You have a gift. You have a talent, you have an ability, you have something. And your purpose with that is to serve others. And some of you are doing an incredible job at this. Like week after week, it's so inspiring. I get paid to do this, which is amazing. Thank you. But you don't. And I I, I get not being paid to come to church. That's one thing. But, But some of you are coming and you are serving week after week. I'm kind, of, I, I'm kind of jealous of you and I'm kind of speaking from a place that I can't even properly speak from because, I mean, my whole life has been one of paid professional ministry. Of course, there have been times where I've been able to step outside and do some things that I, weren't, I wasn't expected to do or required to do. And I feel the tension when that comes around. And the, the, I mean, it's a lot nicer to just sit at home and not. But some of you week after week, without pay, without thanks, step up, step forward and you serve, whether it's a life center, whether it's here at the Germantown campus in some kind of capacity on the weekend, your selfless service is making an impact. Tons of you in this room, I just, I watch you every week and it's so inspiring. I think of Libby Giesen. She's a mother of four here at the Germantown campus who week after week serves faithfully in early childhood. Right over there, while you're all in here and it's peaceful and it's silent, your children are screaming over there. (laughs) And Libby and many others 
are holding with a smile on their face, holding those babies, encouraging them, teaching them about Jesus. Wow. Kirsten Cat is another one of our Life Church members who just serves so faithfully with Life Church youth. She's got a full time job, she's got a life of her own. Yet week after week, every single Wednesday without fail, she's here over in the student center, welcoming the students as they come in, ready to give any amount of time or energy or effort to invest in the lives of those students that are there on a Wednesday night. Even right now, Jeremy Schmitz is in the back. You won't ever see him doing what he's doing but he's in the back right now behind the scenes, so many Sundays in the back of the house directing cameras for our live audience, but also for those hundreds of people that join us online each and every week. His small but faithful service is literally impacting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lives on a regular basis, and you might not even know his name. And then I think of people like Ann and Jim Wilson. Love this couple. They're here week after week, and you know what they're doing? They're serving in the parking lot. In the heat of the summer, in the cold of the winter. As far as I know, they've got no kids in the house. They don't have to be doing this with, their, with, with, with these years of their life. They're right over there. But almost every Sunday, they're out there in the parking lot. That's not, like, that's not on the platform. That's not anything that someone like thanks them for, but they're doing that because they know that they've got, they've got something to give. These are just a few of the examples of the people in this room that live a palms up kind of lifestyle. What if we all did this? Right now, we're, Life Church is making such an impact with a, with a relatively small percent. And so many of you are so faithful with this, but I know that so many of us fall into one of the other two categories. We either don't know our gifts or we know our gifts, but we're not doing anything with them. What if we all were to live, up, live this palms up kind of lifestyle? What could God do? What could God do? I wanna pray for you as we close out this service that God would help you discover the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you have and that you would use them that you would use them like Ann and Jim Wilson, that you would use them like Kirsten, that you would use them like all of these other people that are using their gifts on a regular basis for the good of others and for the glory of God. Can we pray together in, in a way that maybe might seem a little bit more traditional for you, but palms up. I'll pray for you. Would you agree with me in prayer this morning? God, our palms are lifted as a physical act of our heart's position, would you place in our hands the talents you want us to have? And then by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you empower us to do something with them? Not not to allow them to gather dust, but to be used to expand your kingdom and to make your name great. We say yes to whatever you are calling us to do. Even though it might provide tension, although it might be difficult or uncomfortable, we give you our yes because we're living palms up. 
What would Jesus do? He would serve. And so we too want to serve with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.